0: the baseball 365 podcast and here are your hosts justin hughes and andrew mcquiston welcome to episode 159 of the baseball 365 podcast my name is justin hughes and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us we're on twitter at justinhughes365 at amcq82 is andrew and the podcast official account is at baseball 365 pod and on this episode, we're going to talk about winter meetings. The week has come and gone, and Andrew and I are going to talk about the transactions that have happened. we got a couple of them we're going to talk about that happened before, over the course of the last month, that we never really touched on. And yeah, it should be some fun. And we we'll get Andrew on. Andrew... It's been a wild Friday as we're recording this, and I'm going to start off with this question. Can you confirm or deny that you have spent the day at O'Hare Airport looking for Shohei Otani?
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think think everybody else has, so maybe I should include myself in there.
0: What the hell happened today? Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell? I, I have, like... I was working, doing my thing, and then all of a sudden, I, we're, we're getting reports. He's going to, he's going to Toronto. He's signing there, and then, it, then it was like not confirmed, and like here we are, tw- almost twelve hours later, ten hours later, and we don't know anything.
1: Yeah, still not confirmed.
0: No, it doesn't. I, I don't mean, know. It, it sounds like it's all up in the air. Otani's really trying to keep things close to the vest, and. Man, I was really hoping we were going to get on here and record and talk about Otani.
1: Why do you think he's so obsessed with that? Do you have any input? I think. Like, he's... Why is he? Why is he so obsessed with keeping it so close to the vest?
0: I think. I mean, he's a private guy, and he wants to know that the organization he's on he can trust to let him continue living as, as private of a life as he can. I don't know. He he he's just wired differently in general, to where I just think. Yeah, but he honor.
1: isn't. He isn't with an organization,
0: though. No, but he doesn't okay. want them. Like, if he's in that organization, he wants to be able to trust that his decisions and things he does can be kept quiet. And maybe this is his way of testing it. I mean, he's wired so differently already. We we see that with the way he plays the game. That I I think that that kind of ties into this, to where it really like the more I think about it, the more it really doesn't surprise me. It's different. Yeah.
1: Though. Yeah, I just wondered about it.
0: I don't know. But as we're recording on Friday night, we don't know. What are the four teams that they're saying it's down to? uh, The Dodgers, Blue Jays. Are the Cubs still on that list, or are they kind of moving on?
1: Uh, I think they're at the back end of the list, if they're even still on it. I think Giants, maybe.
0: Giants, Angels, yeah.
1: It's... I think it's going to be Dodgers or Blue Jays.
0: I think you're right. I'd
1: be completely stunned at this point if it was not uh, either one of them. I agree.
0: At this point, I think I agree. So anyway, we had plenty of other transactions that happened this week. You know, I guess I'll ask it. Um, I was going back and forth if I was going to ask this at the beginning, but what, what's your reaction to this whole week and how how it went compared to expectations?
1: I feel like it was slow. Like I didn't, I don't know. I just, I thought there'd be more action. I didn't feel like it was too wild, but there was some stuff, I guess. I mean, just, I, I guess I just expect more, but.
0: I think the, you know, we had the one big peak that we'll be talking about, but I agree. I think if you go outside of that, it wasn't, it wasn't consistent. The peak was a big peak. When we talk about the big trade that happened and if Otani had signed, geez, I mean, there would be two really big moments. But, yeah, there was just really one big moment and a bunch of other just stuff that happened. Yeah. We're going to talk about a few of these pre-winter meeting moves. I'm going to list a few of them off that have happened before this last week, like either last weekend or before. Uh, Aaron Nola, I think this was like two weeks ago, he signed to that seven year 172 million dollar extension to stay with the Phillies. The Cardinals have been adding pitchers, a lot of pitchers. Um, question, you know a lot of people are questioning you know what the, the guys they did bring in. They brought Lance Lynn back and Kyle Gibson in to one year deals. Lynn got 11 million. Gibson got 12 and then they signed Sonny Gray to a three year 75 million dollar deal. And then the Tigers signed and Maeda to a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal, and Luis Severino is with the Mets now. It was the Mets, right? Yeah, I, I didn't even write yeah. down who he we went to. One year, thirteen million. Do you have any real like reactions to these in general?
1: Um, not surprised by Nola, and I like the. I kind of like the Maeda and the Severino prices. Uh, especially Severino. I mean, it's only one year, so it really can't, even though Severino can go sideways pretty clearly um, one year, I like that. I just think there's some upside in a short period like that. So like that, how'd you feel about the Cardinals stuff?
0: <sighs> um,
1: I mean, who's the youngest guy in the rotation?
0: <laughs> Steven <laughs> Matz? Matz, right? Yeah. yeah thirty-two. S- Steven Matz, if he's still in it. I mean the Cardinals are still saying that they're open to trading him and maybe adding another arm. So, I mean, if you take Steven Mads out of the rotation, I mean, here, then their youngest guy is Sonny Gray at 34 Yeah. right now of the other four guys. so 34, 35, 36, 36, 32. That's the ages of their starting rotation right now, which the ages don't bother me at all. I mean, I, I don't mind veterans because usually in a lot of situations, you know, those guys – have built up some durability over the years, but I don't know. I, I've said all along, I re- they real. I really feel like they needed to make a trade and like grab another guy. Like, I still think they need to get one more guy, but to, yeah. if they really want to be serious players this year, a ladder, they're going to have to strike like something. They're going to have to strike gold with Lynn or Gibson or something like that. But no, I don't, I don't feel great yet, but It's better than they were a year ago. I do think that because Adam Wainwright was just so bad and you know, it, it just wasn't good. So I don't know, slightly better, but not by much.
1: Yeah. I think I agree with you there.
0: And I'm with you on the Severino deal. What I, I love seeing teams that are not competing that have money to spend signing players like this to one year deals because I mean, you've got the money you can afford to do it. And, if it doesn't work out, whatever, because you you probably have a low payroll anyways. But if it works out, you might be able to get yourself a pretty good deal at the deadline. So, yeah, I like that. Okay, let's get into some of the winter meeting deals. And we're going to start off with Sunday, the day before it officially began. And we had, a, I think, a pretty surprising trade happen that evening when the Mariners traded Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White. And they sent them to um, the Atlanta for Cower and Phillips, um, so I think that frees up something like twenty million dollars for the Mariners. What is the Mariners' plan here? I mean, Kelnick is a good player, or, or I'm sorry, Kelnick's a was a big time prospect just two years ago, and it seems like they're just doing a salary dump here. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's that was kind of the sense I made of it. It's just salary dump. Um, expect the Mariners to add some pieces sometime soon on offense, um, and then yeah, I mean, anytime you're going to the Braves, it's I always feel like it makes players pretty much any player more interesting when you know they're with like a smart, good organization. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to like Kellnick a little bit more than you did in Seattle. Potentially a lot more, but um Yeah, that's pretty much it. The other guys are just not that interesting, but no. he's obviously got some intrigue, yeah.
0: You know, whenever I uh we did the AL West podcast, I had said that you know the opening day payroll for the projected was at 136 million for the Mariners, which last year they started at 137. So I was wondering to myself if they had some any payroll flexibility, but after making all these moves, right now it's down to one thirteen. So they have twenty five million dollars. If they're wanting to start the year around where they started this last year, they probably got twenty five million dollars to use for something. And the question just is, what? Um,
1: What do you think? What do you think of
0: Kellenick Like his ADP is two twenty seven right now. Uh, that's kind of what I was going to ask you, you know. Oh, obviously, this is a lineup that up and down. Everybody was hitting 30 home runs last year. And I mean, it's still an absolutely loaded lineup to where at worst, the counting stats around him should be better just because you're in a great, you're in a great situation and it's a situation that's that way a team that's Really capitalized with some of the, a lot of their young hitters lately. I'm, I'm intrigued, especially at that 227 price. But the problem is, I think you and I both know that that's going to go up now. Like, what do you think his yeah. ADP is the rest of the offseason going forward? If you don't count like what's happened up till now, and it's at 227 right now, how much higher do you think that's going to go?
1: Uh, like 160.
0: That's, yeah
1: something like that. I yeah, I think it's kind of like a you know, even though he's going to the Braves, it doesn't just magically make him a really good hitter, you know. So I don't know, I think it could be one of those things where the the market kind of overcorrects and overvalues him in compare like just based solely based on the team move. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like you say, the counting stats are going to be better, but he's probably going to be buried at the bottom of the lineup, and he's probably not going to play every single day. I mean, you think that's fair?
0: Yeah, especially if he's not producing, yeah.
1: Right, well, yeah, and that's the other. There's more pressure to produce and all of that on a good team. Um, I I mean, perfect world, Kelnick, like if he does break through, it could be really nice, but, yeah, I I think it's – it's gonna be some some people just forgetting that you know you still have to you still have to do it you still have to be a good hitter productive and all that and um, I don't think going to the Braves is just like magically flicking a switch um, that he's going to be that but I do think he's probably a little more interesting. I wasn't really interested at all in him before. And i i don't honestly think i will be now especially when you just consider that he's going to move up but I get it a little bit if um if somebody is
0: i think if I knew he like if he was if his adp was still near 227 I think I'd be really i'd get i'd be a lot more interested in him but yeah, oh, yeah. I think if you're saying it's going to get up to if you're predicting and you're right that it gets up to like 160 170. Yeah, I don't think I'm in. I don't think I want to spend an 11th round pick for him. I mean, hold on real quick. Let's see who all is going at. Like, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm guessing on that, but it just, it's going to move up. It's, it's not going down, you know what, I, let's you know at, what I'm saying? Let so. me
0: just list off the players whose ADP is in the 160s right now. Luis Arias, Mitch Keller, Chaz McCormick. I am taking Chaz McCormick 10 times over 10 over Jared Kelnick. Christian Javier. Who are the, yeah,
1: who are the out, outfielders? Are the outfielders? Yeah. Let's see. The next one's it's Riley probably the Green best. at
0: 170 and Yoshida at 170.
1: I would take them.
0: Yep. And then the next outfielder is 182 for James Outman. I think I'm taking Outman. Yeah. Um. Let's see. 194, Brandon Nemo. Well, you and I have talked. We like Nemo. I could,
1: see, I could see maybe taking Kelnick over Outman, I guess. But, yeah, I – those other guys, I'm taking.
0: 198, Jaron. Like 198 has two of them: Jaron Duran and Kerry Carpenter.
1: That's 198. Yep. I would take Carpenter. I'm not sure about Duran. though. Yeah,
0: I was thinking the same. I'm like Duran, I could see taking him over, and then 200 yeah. is Lars bar, and I think I might. I think I, that's where I would go, Kelmick. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe somewhere in there, yeah.
0: So, it seems like you and I would move them up a round or two, but maybe not much more than that. Okay, so let's get into Monday. That was a very quiet day. Only one transaction happened, and that was Wade Miley, one year, $8.5 million. We talked about the Brewers needing some arms. I think that was a good move there for them, considering they're playing the cheap game. But, obviously, not much of a fantasy impact. I think there's more to talk about on the baseball end. Do you think that was a good transaction for the Brewers? We don't have to yeah. go long on this.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I do, yeah. I think I mean he's been pretty solid for a couple of years so. Yep. Don't mind it.
0: Yep, good for both sides. Uh Tuesday uh, again, pretty minor, but there were a few little handful trades. Um Marco Gonzalez, he ended up getting flipped to the Pirates. Uh Braves picked up some salary. You know, I think he went around, like, I think he just went today in our draft and hold in, like, the late 30s on the rounds. I think he went.
1: Um, Oh, did he? I didn't even notice that.
0: He might not have gone. He was still out there last I knew, but I thought he went.
1: That's got to be depressing to go to the Braves and then go to the Pirates. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: no, he's still available.
0: Okay. So, well, to ask that question, do you think, like, you find more interest in him. At least he's in with the Pirates. He should be locked into a rotation spot if he's healthy. Would
1: he have had that uh, in Atlanta? Uh, no, he yeah. wouldn't. There, he, I bet you in Atlanta, he would have been like their eighth starter or yeah. something. Like, he just wouldn't. I mean, I could have seen him making like an occasional start, but not really. Oh, maybe right. like a long maybe like a long man or something
0: right now. their number fives in the brave systems, Reynaldo Lopez. But that said, I think we both would imagine that that's changing by the end. By yeah. The end and of they've
1: season. just got, season. yeah. And they've got other guys too, that are going to be like, yep. uh, probably that are going to, they're just better. Um, he's probably more interesting in, in Pittsburgh, ironically. I mean, at least for fantasy, just because, you know, more likely to get innings and stuff. But I, I mean, He's really, he's just so vanilla, you yes. know, low strikeout rates. And I feel like he's just the type of guy that you're never g- really going to feel comfortable starting, can get walloped in any start. So you probably I don't know, don't maybe, remember. maybe late, maybe late in drafting holds, but just know that you're probably just drafting innings and kind of think of it like you think of Jordan Lyles or Patrick Corbin or, yeah. you know what I mean? Just. That's that's all it is.
0: Do you know how – you probably don't remember exactly the trade that sent Marco Gonzalez to the Mariners, do you?
1: Uh, can you give me a clue by telling me the team? I'm trying to think of what team he was on before that. Um, oh, uh Cardinals. Yep. Right? Yes. He was traded
0: for a guy that was traded today that we'll be talking about later in the show. <laughs> that's why I bring it up. It just crossed my mind. Oh, I'm Tyler like, O'Neill.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: They were both moved this week. Uh, Kirby Yates to Texas one year, 4.5 million. I think that like, do you think he's an inter- like late round draft and old guy? Cause I think there's, there's some potential there with him because you and I talked about Cam- um, not Camilo Duvall, um, Leclerc, Leclerc being a volatile closer. I mean, Kirby Yates p- underlying stats weren't great for him this last year, but you know, he wasn't like, he had a good performance overall at the surface numbers.
1: Yeah, I actually do think he's a good uh, a good late stab right now. I think there's a chance that he closes, um, and I think he could. He's he's just like you know older guy that's had success in the role in the past. They don't really have anybody that's locked into that. I actually in my last draft and hold that I was in before the one that we're in, I was looking at him and I remember. I kept passing and I remember just thinking like, I don't want to take a 36 year old free agent reliever and have him like just retire or something, <laughs> you know? So I didn't. And then he went and, you know, it was like whatever, but yeah, I, I don't mind it on the Rangers at all. Cause I think there's a path to saves. Um, no lock, but for where he's going. Yeah. I, I think he's worth the flyer. I
0: agree. The Red Sox and the Yankees then made a trade. <laughs> That's something you don't see every day. Alex Verdugo was traded for prospects. Um, Do you think there's fantasy impact here for Verdugo? You know, the Yankee Stadium obviously is a jet stream for left-handed hitters. I don't think – I should have pulled this up before we started. I'm going to try to see if I can find a park factor here for Yankee Stadium versus Boston.
1: So he's going to go from 13 homers to 16? Uh,
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. No, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like most of the time you get a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium, it's an upgrade pretty much pretty much every time. Um, but I don't know if it'll impact Verdugo's line too much. So not not really like anything actionable. I don't think I don't think it changes his ADP much or anything like that.
0: Okay. All right, next up we have Eric Fetty. This might turn into a conversation. Two years, $15 million deal with the White Sox. Went overseas, pitched incredibly well after, you know, he was an interesting prospect in the national system, but he had absolutely flopped in the major leagues. But now he's back, and he's with the White Sox. Um, I just took him in the draft and hold in, like, whatever, something like round 26, round 27, 28, something like that, and... I'm interested in him. What are your thoughts on Eric Fetty?
1: Yeah, I was mostly kidding when I was saying that stuff the other day. <laughs> like just I was kind of ripping him a little bit. Um, I, I'll be totally honest, when you took him in the draft, I thought it was too high. Uh I do think he's interesting later, but then now that he's signed, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, I I kind of like question the whole like, I know he's had success overseas. What was it just? Was it just one year that he was over there? Mm. Or two? I think of it. Was, I think it was one. Yes, um,
0: it was just one year.
1: But he's also had some track record of not being that good in the majors. Um, and I, I don't really like, I don't know how it all links together in terms of like, oh, well, he went over there, had success. Now he's going to come over here and have success. Like we've seen it in the past, but I don't think that that has anything to do with just Eric Fetty in 2024, you know? So it's good that he has an opportunity. I think he should be drafted. Uh, But I think you kind of would want to go into it with expectations. Like this could totally bomb out too. You know, like I, I don't really know what to think. I think it's, there's a lot of outcomes, but um, I just wouldn't want to have my expectations too high, as all.
0: No, and I agree with that for the record. Uh, but I, I, my counter to that would be: I think anybody, just about anybody, I took him in round 27, and I'd look at almost anybody going in round 27 as, yeah, this is, this could bomb out on you. And yeah, that's fair. I, I like I'm not if he gets himself up to like the 15th round or something like that. I'm out. I'm not taking him as a starter, but. Um, Reserve rounds, yeah, I think I like the, I, the like taking the chance. I mean, he's going to get a shot in Chicago because they're terrible. And, I mean, I love signings like this on the baseball end for the White Sox too. Just like I was talking about with, um, <clears throat> oh shoot, who are we just talking about? The Severino with the Mets. And what is even better with this one is if this goes well, this is a two-year deal. Let's say he's pitching at a very high level. In June, and all of they a sudden, you've got a guy a year and a half control at like ten million dollars. That's that can get you a pretty good return. So, I love the deal yeah. for the White Sox. Nothing to lose here, other than fifteen million, yeah, which they yeah. have in the bank.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It's it's pretty much risk free.
0: Wednesday brought us a couple. Like Wednesday was the day that brought us a few moves, and the first one is the Orioles bring in Craig Craig Kimbrell on a one year thirteen million deal dollar deal. Is this is he the closer over Cano?
1: I would think so. I mean, I kind of I kind of view Kimbrell as one of those that almost wherever he goes. He's going to be the closer. I used to think this with Eroldis,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like a couple years ago. It's it's kind of similar. I mean, he's obviously you know Kimbrel's had blowups and moments where he struggled with command, and we all know we all know that story. But he's also like one of those guys that's just been doing it for so long. The ninth inning, not the eighth, the ninth, and it's like, regardless of what any of us think about whether he should or not, or how good he is or whatever. Like he's repeatedly, he's been mostly successful. I mean, he's been actually pretty good the last few years, but regardless of all of that, it's how the teams view him. And like I said, I I feel like he could go to almost any team and he would close. So yeah, I, I think he's likely to close. I think it makes way more sense to start him as the closer and then if he's terrible and you have to pull him, then you have Cano. Cano's good. I mean, I think Cano's a better pitcher probably yep. at this stage than Kimbrell. But that part of it, like when it comes to pitching the 8th or the ninth, it's irrelevant. You know, like there's so many teams that have their best pitcher not pitching the ninth or their best relief pitcher, you know. So I think he I, – yeah, I think he starts the year as the closer. I do was hoping I was hoping I'd get the hater prediction right, but – Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where Hater goes. It actually says a lot to me. I know I'd mentioned this. Says a lot to me that they signed Kimbrel with Hater unsigned. Um, and what it just kind of tells me is that they're just out on Hater's price tag. Yep. Which I don't blame them because the Orioles have like they've become so smart with like they've got all these young bats and they're just finding ways to keep all of them and do it their way. You know, a lot of teams would have traded the young bats for starters, and they didn't really do that. Granted, they didn't win anything yet, but they're getting there. They're having success. I think they're smart. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't blame them for going this route and not signing hater to ridiculous contract. The, it's
0: the Tampa Bay Rays' blueprint, really, when you look at what they're doing and the fact that they're not moving guys and they're just they're holding – the Dodgers have made a good habit of doing this over the years. Except, you know, they'll. Uh, the difference is the Dodgers will get out there and spend some big money. They're a high market, so yeah. Um, yeah. I agree with you that Kimbrel. I expect him to start the year with the with the job. I would say, like, I would predict that there will be a point in the year where he's going to lose that job, and maybe he'll get it back again. I mean, the last three years he has had ERAs below four. Um, you know, between two point two and three point seven five. And his save totals in those three years are 24, 22, and 23. Which, I think the one in 2021 was the year that he was there with Liam Hendricks. So maybe, I I can't remember what happened that year. But he's been in and out of that role in in each of these three years. Like, he hasn't had it the whole year. But I would still project him to start the year with the job and hold it the majority of the year. So, like... Right now, their ADPs Kim, like up to this point, Kimbrell is at two seventeen, and Yiner Cano is at one sixty three. What What do you th- like? I would imagine Kimbrel's probably going to be closer to that one sixty three going forward. Cano, yeah, they I might think, be flipping.
1: Yeah, I, I I think they're flipping. I was trying to think of where I don't have them all pulled up, but. Like where Nash. I would like, where I would move Kimbrel up to. Right did off, you the- say Kimbrel, or this was showing? Oh, this showing two thirty, but I've got it sorted for uh the last like month. Um But yeah, I think he's passing Cano. Who else is up there? Shoot, mine, Kenley. Mine's Kenley, really been I, over yeah, the I think.
0: Week so i'm um, I've got a short data stretch on mine. I need to update
1: that as we're talking. This is eleven This is eleven drafts. It's over like a month, but I think what do you I mean after Kenley, probably, but maybe not far after
0: yeah, that sounds about right
1: like round ten eleven somewhere in there.
0: And I just went and maybe, looked up Matt Brash. Maybe a
1: little, maybe a little later.
0: Because and I immediately thought of Matt Brash, another one of those high-end relievers. That if he gets the job, he's a high-end closer. But um, Matt Brash has an ADP of 282. I mean, yeah, I would think Cano. He's going to be ahead of Brash, but I don't think it's going to be by a lot. Maybe 240, 250. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Cano will still get drafted. Um, in a decent range just because i mean i actually wouldn't hate taking cano and Kimbrel. Ooh, i like that. if you if you were like stuck a little bit and wanted to lock that up specifically in like a draft and hold
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i don't mind that i mean given the the price tag but it's a little tricky knowing exactly where they're gonna <clears throat> like fall in line you know because they're the situation's changed so
0: all right, let's move on. The next one was Eduardo Rodriguez. He, after um, rejecting a qualifying a qualifying offer from the Tigers, he paid it paid off for him. He got a four-year, eighty million dollar deal with Arizona. That's another team when we were just talking about them a week or two ago that really needs a starting needed a starting pitcher. Now they have a pretty good looking four man rotation there of Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Brandon Fod as their top four. I think this, this was a big deal for the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. Good move for them. And um Yeah, holes in you know, kinda kinda just holes in their rotation and good to clean some of that up. So good to get a lefty in there that's kind of got some track record and yeah i like it
0: his adp is one night like in the like 190 range and i just want to let some pitchers off kind of in that range see if you think that he this is where he belongs we got hunter brown shane baz uh boz whatever i forget every time braxton garrett brian Wu, nick pavetta eduardo rodriguez nate Ivaldi, and aaron Savali. Do you think he kind of belongs in that group now that he's in Arizona? Do you think that changes him much?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I like him more than most of those guys. Maybe mm-hmm. not all of them, but like of that group, I would probably take him in the top two or three.
0: Yeah. He's, you know,
1: he's- I think he should move up a little bit. Um, just, Not only being anytime somebody signs and I know that he was going to sign, but Mm -hmm. just the knowing like where they're at and the situation. And um, I think that's worth a little bit in a draft as opposed to them just being a free agent. You just have no clue, but probably more so for position players. But um, with him, I think it's a pretty good situation, really. I mean, I don't think there's going to be anybody breathing down his neck, but at the same time, it's like a good team. Um. Yeah, I think he should probably get bumped up a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, he won 13 games pitching for Detroit this year. And Arizona's a better team. He could be a sneaky source of that category that's so easy to overlook in the wins. I mean, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all if he went out and won 15, 18 games next year. I mean, it was just 2019 he won 19 with Boston. It seems like so long ago. But he was a 19-game winner in Boston just four years ago. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we've got the the big trade of the offseason to talk about when we get back. And then Wednesday night hit. The big trade of the week. Juan Soto was moved. We kept hearing rumors that the Padres were in bad financial shape and they needed to make a move. Juan Soto didn't sound like he was going to be sticking around after this year, so they pulled the trigger and they sent him to the Bronx Bombers. Juan Soto is now a New York Yankee. He was sent along with Trent Grisham to New York for pitchers Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Vazquez, uh, Drew, Drew Thorpe, and Kyle Higashi. I don't I I can't even say his name. gosh yeah that guy (laughs) so like what's your reaction to this deal like on the major league end first off let's talk about that
1: um I I like it for the Yankees um it, it surprises me I know it's one year and every time you look at baseball trades you have to always keep in mind like team control and all that stuff but to me i kind of look at it like this every team in the league wants Juan soto for one year and or at least most of them you know if not all and you would think that they're getting an offer from most teams or they've talked to a lot of teams and it just kind of surprises me that this is the offer that made them say, yep, that's the one, you know? So I know it's one year. I do think Michael King could be really good. Like him in San Diego. I liked him in New York. I mean, I he's like a pretty trendy breakout candidate. And um, I do think he's interesting. But it's Juan Soto, mm-hmm. you know? he's the, He's the lead dog in a Juan Soto trade. And I know it's one year, but, like, this makes the Yankees for this season way better, way better. Like, not even, you know, not even close. So, yeah, I definitely like it for the Yankees. I know it's a short-term thing. I mean, they could, in theory, only have him for one year, but who cares? I mean, they gave up s- some interesting pieces, I guess. But, like I said, it's it's Juan Soto. Like, if this is what you're giving up for a year Juan Soto – Fine by me. I mean, I would be fine with my, my own team doing that.
0: Yeah, I get it, and I don't disagree with what you said. I still don't – I feel weird about this Yankees team build right now. And maybe next summer I'll be telling you, yeah, I was wrong. But, man, I feel weird about this team build and the way it looks. Like when I look at their rotation right now and see Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Clark Schmidt, Nestor Cortez, and Clayton Beter – and then also see that they, their, you know, their payroll right now is at two hundred sixty-eight million for next year, because so much of it is into a couple bats. I just, I feel weird about this team. If like they desperately need Carlos Rodon to stay healthy next year, I think, because
1: and I just, what do you feel? What do you feel weird about though? Like um, the confused. rotation.
0: It's the rotation. Oh, oh,
1: like the line I mean, you think it's you think it's bad?
0: Um, I think that it's. Top heavy, and they've had a lot of injury issues with Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez. Clark Schmidt is just okay, so it's gar- Garrett Cole and pa- and you know nothing else feels reliable to me. And I, yeah, like, see, I
1: kind of I kind of look at it like Nestor Cortez. If you put him next to every number four starter in the league, he's he's better than almost all of them.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree. At as, I, mean, yeah, I look at him as a three ahead of Clark Schmidt personally.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
0: And But I also but say that while I, looking at the number know, two, Carlos Rodon was just such a train wreck last year with injuries and even when he was healthy in performance. Like, that doesn't feel like I just see a lot. I see a lot of pitchers that don't feel reliable. And I just, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this team still even though they just gained one of the best hitters on the planet. So, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I wasn't watching and I, I, like hearing from a couple of friends that are Yankee fans, they talk about how bad this offense was last year. And I think that's a fair point because it has gone backwards. They needed a Juan Soto jolt. But they also need pitching, in my opinion. Like, I part of me wonders is like, would they have been better off trying to get Yamamoto, even though Yamamoto is not Soto in terms of talent? But then again, you know the the offense has not been great, so I'm probably yeah.
1: I think I think we disagree on this.
0: I I think I think most I, people would, to be honest. Because
1: I, I mean, I get what you're saying, I guess, but like Garrett Cole is. Basically, the best pitcher in baseball are top two or three. For sure. And, I mean, the other guys, I get that they have question marks. Totally get it. But most rotations, I I feel like most of the rotations I've looked at recently, which is pretty much all of them because I've just been going through stuff for drafts and the podcast and all kinds of things. And I I feel like if you put this rotation next to – other rotations across baseball. There's a lot of them that you're going to like less than this. Yeah. So and if, to me, like Rodon, I get, he has questions. He also has ridiculous upside. Agreed. Um Cortez, not ridiculous upside, but he's been really good. Yeah. He pitched really well two years ago Um and does have questions. And, you know, I, step forward from Clark Schmidt maybe like there and they, and they've even got a couple di- guys in the minors, I think that'll make some starts um in the offense obviously with you know Soto's a game changer on offense so i um i definitely would rather have Soto than than Yamamoto yeah i <laughs> That's I, for sure. I, th-
0: I think i want to rephrase my my take cuz i think you're right you like I, th- I i i think you're right and this is the way i'm going to say it I don't think this solves the Yankees problems. I don't all of a sudden look at the Yankees as world series contenders. I think that's the way I'd say it. Like they, they might be, but right. I, I just have a gut feeling that it's still going to be a frustrating year for them. And it's mostly going to be through their pitching.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think that they also could acquire a pitcher. Maybe if needed, you know, Fairly easily, I mean,
0: I mean, they could they but... could go out there and keep spending well above the luxury tax. They're at two two sixty eight right now. They spent two seventy seven next year. They could go out there and they could just keep blowing through it. I just don't know if they are. That's their plan. Like they've been a little more conservative. The la- I mean, they they they're not doing what the Mets are and just throwing money on top of money. So I don't know.
1: That lineup looks a lot better with Soto's name it in sure the.
0: Does. It <laughs> It sure does. It
1: I'm it. just look, you know, just looking at it, it it looks deeper, and so much stronger. Yep. Even though it's only one guy, like that's just the impact that he has, you know. Yeah. So I'm pretty changing, incredible.
0: Changing my take to where I'm just saying I don't think that this solves all their problems. I think that's a better way to say it. I think you, you're right about yeah. They adding Soto is a bigger deal than adding a pitcher. Like any, just any picture that was available, other than Shohei Otani, of course, but that's another story. Okay. So ADP of Soto right now is at 14. Where do you think it lands now that he's in New York? Because obviously, there's like that's going to add hype. That Yankee Stadium, like, where do you think his ADP is at the end of the offseason or this day going
1: forward? Well, let's see here. And my thing he's showing this thirteen, which, like I said, it's select drafts over the last month mm-hmm. uh, I think I think he maybe on average moves up a couple spots, maybe I don't think it's gonna be a ton may it could be a little more. I do think though. So currently, and I I think I mentioned this the other day, but currently, the I I kind of look at these guys min picks to see like who's going. You know, obviously, in the vast in the vast majority of drafts, Acuna is going one. Yep. Um, and then I kind of look at it like, well, who who can go two? And right now, across twenty four. Draft champions league, which are the 15 team draft and hold on NFPc. Julio, Witt, Betts, Trey, and Otani have gone two. have gone second in at least one draft. Um, I think Carroll will join that. I think Strider will join that. I think Tucker will join that.
0: The, way, the one I'm looking Soto, at since January or since November first, Carroll is on that one actually on mine that I'm looking at.
1: Oh, well I've only got I've only got draft Champions Leagues okay. sorted. That's probably what it is. But <clears throat> I think Soto will have a min pick of two. I guess is what I'm getting at. I think there will be somebody that's just you know, goes for it. And it's not I'm not even necessarily saying it's it would be a bad thing to do like I'm not going to do that. Um and I think that you know, the hype is the hype's just going to be out of control. But I also there, – there is a part of me that – because I think we all think of Juan Soto as like a pure natural hitter that doesn't have like crazy power. But I could see a world where he just goes nuts in Yankee Stadium too with with the home runs specifically like where we're just not projecting him for enough home runs. So I could see that. But as far as where I'll actually move him, um, probably not a ton from where he was. Maybe a little bit, though.
0: Just a little. Like Aaron Judge is right now, like you were saying, he's at 13. Which actually, I want to ask you a quick question because you just said draft champions. Is that how you always look at this? Because I, I typically... Uh, think, usually. Yeah. I'm usually. Usually. Gonna... I'll make an effort to start looking at it, and I mostly two, so I mostly do thing.
1: it I mostly do it that way because there's a lot of formats, and I think that that's what we're typically talking about, so usually I'll sort it to that, but uh like there's some best balls and just different formats that I don't feel like apply to okay most of the conversations we have, but good to know. I try to I try to always sort it too by the last few weeks or like get a shorter sample rather than the whole off season Mm -hmm. because things change so much that like one thing I like to do is in March, say a guy signs on like December fifteenth. I'll sort from December fifteenth on to see where that guy went. Once he was signed or traded or whenever the news came out that I'm specifically looking at, I do that a lot.
0: Yeah. I think that's good strategy there. Uh, let's see. Michael King in San Diego, um, ADP of one fifty-two. I would like, he's got, he's leaving the Yankees, which, you know, high profile team has a lot of fans, but San Diego is a much better pitching park. Like his value. do, Do you think it goes up from here?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. I think I like him a little bit more in, in San Diego. I I think the reason is because right or wrong, and it'll obviously depend some on the rest of the off season, but I feel like he's more likely to make more starts at least with the current state of the San Diego rotation. And I know some of that'll probably be added to as we move forward. But I don't think that they're trading for Michael King in a deal like this to not start him. Yeah. They, you know, so yeah, I think I like him more in San Diego, but not at like a ton more. I mean, he's already being drafted pretty aggressively because you know, it's just one of those, one of those guys with a lot of steam and, and intrigue, but Man, this yeah, team, I, I like him.
0: This team really did drop down on the payroll. I mean, we talked just a week or two ago. It's now down to $151 That's That's $100 million less than they spent last year man, on the Padres. But I'm with you on that, that to where right now he's slated as the number three pitcher on that team with Musgrove and Darvish, and then him, Randy Vasquez, and Matt Waldron are behind him. So, yeah, they're going to make moves still, I I would imagine. But, yeah, I think he's – uh, he's gonna have to. He's gonna cost himself that job before. Like no one's gonna. I don't think they're gonna bring people in, and all of a sudden he's gonna get Wally Pip there, or not Wally Pip. I guess. It's,
1: it's kind of funny the the Padres' left fielder on roster resource has gone from Juan Soto oh, to to Cal Mitchell.
0: <laughs> Times have changed. And this
1: lineup. This lineup, or this team as a whole, it just, it's amazing how much different a lineup can look when you take or remove, when you add or remove Juan Soto from it. You know, like, look at the lineup now. I mean, it just, it doesn't look anywhere near as good, does it?
0: No, like, their lineup and their rotation, it's the same thing. You look at the top half of either one, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty good. Then you look at the bottom, and it's like, ew, this is a Stars and Scrubs, like, team right now. That yeah. has thinned itself out, but that said, they've cleared a lot of space and maybe they'll be able to m- make some moves here over the next month to, you know, fill in some more of those slots to make it not look so ugly because it, 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 they had this problem, you know, even before trading Soto. Of looking This
1: could be a year. This could be a year too where they're pull, bringing up like some young guys and seeing what they have with them and stuff. Yep. I could see some of that
0: anyone else involved in this trade that uh, has any fantasy impact or any thoughts on um, Grisham, you know, he's going to probably go, he's going to the bench there. Anybody else you want to highlight?
1: No, not really. I don't, I mean, Thorpe had a good year, may make some starts like late in the season or something. Vazquez right now is penciled into the rotation, but No, nothing too interesting. Really. I I like what the Yankees did. I mean, anytime you can add Juan Soto and who knows if it allows them to have any type of leverage for, you know, signing him after the season and all of that. But that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting to see.
0: Okay. Then we'll move on to a couple deals that happened today, Friday, as we're recording, um, minor deals. Um, Max Stassi and David Fletcher were, was sent to were sent to Atlanta for Evan White, and Evan White's the one I wanted to ask about. I mean, David Fletcher and Max Stassi. I think Stassi's already being told that he like the like he's getting moved again. The Braves are just all over the place with some of these guys. They're adding and then turning around and flipping. Anthopolis is keeping busy there this week, but uh, Evan White to the Angels. It's a funny route. It's like maybe the Angels, maybe like the. Maybe the Angels wanted to get Evan White, but, you know, the Mariners didn't want to trade him in division. I don't know, but now he's in Atlanta or he's in a team on an or in an organization that is terrible that they could possibly play him. But, you know, he's been so bad. And the problem is, but on top of that, the Angels are still saying that they're not rebuilding. So maybe they're not like, I don't what are the Angels doing Are they, do you think they'll actually play this guy?
1: It's just funny to me that you say that. he's in an organization that's terrible. <laughs> well, uh, I haven't I haven't thought much about Evan White in a few years, and don't really think I don't think he's worth much of a mention. I I think that they'll probably just play Nolan Shanwell over him, and um, who's their DH right now?
0: Oh, their DH is Brandon
1: Drury. Drury is so the DH. He ain't, he ain't
0: taking that spot.
1: Yeah, as bad as the team is, I don't, I don't think he's probably like a guy to get first at bats. You know, maybe if there's an injury or something like well, that.
0: You say maybe there's but, an injury. Anthony Rendon's still slated as their third baseman. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, there definitely could be one. Yeah, he. I mean, he'll probably play in the majors some this year, but I like that's kind of the extent of yeah how I feel about him. I guess.
0: Uh, Then tonight, uh, Friday night, Tyler O'Neal to Boston. Um, Cardinals got back two nothings back, but um, they finally unloaded a guy that they've been trying to get rid of. Honestly, I just think that they just, that's a salary dump more than anything. So maybe they'll be looking to make another move here. But Tyler O'Neal in Boston, his ADP right now is 300. He was already slated to be a starter in St. Louis, but I kind of have a feeling that just the, Fresh change—a change of, change of scenery—is gonna raise his ADP from here. What are your thoughts on O'Neal?
1: Yeah, I kind of—I kind of like him actually. I've—I've I've been looking at him and I haven't drafted him yet, but uh, I definitely think the price is fair, and I think he's the type of guy that can provide power and speed. Um, and yeah, it, I, I think it's a fair price. I like the landing spot. Uh, I'll probably have I'll probably have
0: some shares of him. You know, as a Cardinals fan, even though they got nothing back, I didn't expect them to. I'm still glad he's gone. Personally, he was due to mail. he and he was not on a bad contract. I'm trying to find it right now. Is he still on Cots baseball with St. Louis? Because I'm looking at Boston
1: and I don't see him. It's kind of like it's like the this is like the latest he's been drafted in years right yes several years
0: yeah there's was, it was two so. years ago and i'll take pride in this two years ago i think is this off season we were still recording up till at the at right up till about this time and he was just coming off that great year and i told you at that time i wouldn't surprise me if this is the best year of his career year. yeah i remember
1: you, i remember you saying that
0: he had an adp at that time i think in the 100 was, range
1: oh no it was higher than that like what he was coming off that thirty four fifteen season. He, I th- I want to say he was going in like the third round. Gee, I, I, that would shock. Or maybe, me, but maybe the sixty seventh, third, fourth, fifth round. I mean, he, it was definitely higher than a hundred. I know that. Maybe not. Maybe it wasn't third. But I, I want to say there was some drafts in there where it was. Yeah, it was really high. Hmm. So I, I actually th- still think that some of that is in there. I'm not going to say he's going to get back to that, but. But, like, you also factor in the cost, right? It's like night and day compared to what it used to be. So, yeah, I I typically like hitters in Boston, too. I just feel like that the team context is good. Like, they play in hitters' parks. The lineup's usually Mm -hmm. good. It's just fantasy-friendly.
0: And St. Louis is awful for right-handed hitters. I mean, that's not a great
1: ballpark. Yeah, I don't I don't mind O'Neal, especially at the cost. I, I think he probably does move up a little bit yes. with this uh trade. But I I may still be in, we'll see. I probably not have a bunch of shares of him. I I've just been each time he's been taken in all my drafts so far, I've been like right there thinking about it. So I I think it's like the right area.
0: Get a fresh scene, scene in Boston. Could be a... I mean, I could definitely see the re, the bounce back happening there. And that concludes all the off-season or the free agent um, winter meeting stuff. But I did want to talk about one last transaction before we got out of here because this is a big one, uh, I think, in terms of impact possibly for early 2024, and that's Jackson Churio. Uh, you know, slated to... Uh, you know, the GM even said just in October that he is Jackson Churio is expected to start the year in in the minor leagues. And Churio just signed a record breaking deal for a player who has yet to make their Major League Baseball debut, topping Luis Robert. I think he had the previous one. Churio just signed an eight year, $82 million deal with two $25 million club options at the end that could make it 10 years for $132 million. Churio's is still 19 years old right now so the Mar- the Mariners the Milwaukee Birds just locked him up to till he's almost like 29 years old. Obviously this is a big deal. What do you think like what are what are your percentage chance would you give him of being on the opening day roster at this point? Uh
1: 100 I mean he's I was gonna, gonna be. say
0: 90 95 but yeah,
1: yeah i mean not not actually a 100 but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah he's gonna he's gonna be on it
0: and if that's the case let's play this guess to adp adp game i put like up till now when i looked he was at his adp was 232. what do you think his adp is going forward when that, which i should say when we were in our draft and hold i want to say he went in round 12
1: was round i think it was round 12
0: I oh, it was round ten, and it was moments after he it was announced the last Friday. Yeah, round
1: ten, round ten, pick three. It was one thirty-eight,
0: and that was whenever he like that was the day that Friday that it was announced that he it sounded like he was about to sign the deal. He hadn't officially signed it yet. He didn't sign it for another three days, but that's when the like the rumor came out and he signed. Like he was drafted within an hour or two. So, what do you think his ADP is going forward? Do you think one thirty? Like sounds like the ballpark range sooner, later,
1: man, it's, I tell you, it's, it's tricky for me with him because it's like this, it's this combination of he's super young. So I guess on the negative side of it, and then I'll get to the positive. He's super young. Yep. Uh, Last year, he obviously, he was really good. Like, if you just look at the fantasy stat line, but he doesn't like walk a lot. Yep. You know, seven eight percent in the minors. Um, WRC plus last year in Double A at one twelve, which isn't like crushing the league or anything like that. But obviously, super toolsy power and speed. Um, and with playing time, you could see a path to him doing well in those categories. I don't know if he's... It, it's like, I just... I wonder... Can he get to the top of a major league lineup at age 20? Or is he going to be buried at the bottom? And then... There's part of me, too, that just wonders, like, is he really going to struggle to get on base? Like, I I have questions with some of that. But I will say this. I think that this guy has like top of the draft fantasy upside in the future, you know? And when that is, I don't know. Like if it's, if it's right away, you're obviously stealing him where you're going to get him. Uh, but I just have questions if it's going to be right away, I think is my, is like the biggest thing. But I tell you, like it really is. It's, it's like Corbin Carroll, Julio Rodriguez, I mean, I don't really want to put this on anybody, but Ronald Acuna type upside like that's the type of upside this guy has Mm -hmm. in the down the line, you know, or whenever that is. But some of them adjust quicker. Some of them are slower to adjust, but it's kind of all there in terms of like the ceiling that he could get to. You'd like to see him take a few more walks. But um, other than that, I mean, it all looks good. I think his ADP, like I said, he went 138 in this draft. I think he's going to go higher than that. Um, and I, I think that there will be – I don't anticipate me getting much of this guy, unfortunately, because I there's, I kind of would like to, but I, I don't know. I just have just enough doubt short term that I think I'm probably going to be out. But I may regret it. I mean, he's got a ton of talent. What do you think?
0: I think there's a wide range of outcomes. Like you were saying about the upside, and I, I there's a non-zero chance it happens this year. I will say that, that he's a first-round pick in 2025 drafts. I'm not saying that. Like, I, I think it's a low percentage, but I do think it's at least possible. But I do think your points are very fair in terms of how young he is the fact that he doesn't walk could he deal like he struggled in the first half of the minor leagues this year as he was getting his taste because i I mean he's getting pushed so fast he was an 18 year old a year ago and he finished the year in double a and in those like six games he struck out 42 percent of the time in that little stretch obviously very small sample but even as an as, like, when did he turn 19? I'm trying to, if I recall it March, yeah. So he turns 20 in March. So he had just turned 19 yeah. whenever the season began, and he struggled all the way through the end of June. When I say struggled, I mean, he wasn't putting up the big fantasy friendly stats. He, and as bad, like, it just wasn't as good. What I'm impressed with is he's, like, he's managed to keep the strikeouts in check too, but I do, I, I think I'm with you that I, he could easily be hitting like 6th, 7th in that lineup, or maybe with the speed they even decide to put him at ninth, just so he's like playing that second leadoff guy. I, th- I think that's a very fair point and a very real possibility. So, real wide range of outcomes. If you had me guessing his ADP, I'd say somewhere in the 90 range. 90, 105, maybe it gets up to even higher wow. than that in 75. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm currently in a draft right now. We're on pick one thirteen, and the pick that was just made was Wyatt Langford at one twelve.
0: That's a good man.
1: I'm
0: taking. Lankford. I got another.
1: I got another one too, but taking Langford. I think I'd take Langford. What about Jordan Walker? Hmm. Just this season,
0: yeah. I think I'd go Churio. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't feel great about it though. Like Langford, I yeah. I would
1: would take. I would take Langford. Um, I would take Langford over Churio because even right now, yeah. Because I think that there, I think Langford's day of being the Churio hype that's now. I think that's coming in like February or March or whenever it is, but I think it's coming.
0: It's just, I'm all not about, like, he worried gonna be up about... opening day and
1: correct. Yeah.
0: That's the question. And if, if I knew Langford was going to be up opening day, like I oh, think yeah, there's a big for... gap.
1: Yeah, it's for sure. Him. If, if you knew that, I think it's close because we don't. Yeah. Um, and it's more just to do. I, I actually think prospect wise, cheerio probably has more ceiling, but, um, Just Langford's more advanced and stuff like that. I feel like for immediate production, but could be wrong on all this. I mean, Churio's talented enough that there's. I'm kind of like, oh man, do I really want to have zero shares this guy (laughs) this year? You know, I don't know. I I I do think that I could change my mind on this. I I'm just still like processing all of it because I wasn't really expecting it. Honestly, I was I wasn't expecting him to be on the opening day roster. Nope. And me to really even have to think about it. So I'm still kind of processing it as, as I am. I, I don't think I'm going to be getting him, but there may come a point in February or March where I'm like, yeah, I'm good with it and start drafting him. I don't know, but yeah. I'm not there yet.
0: You know, I've said, you don't in poker, I say this a lot in terms of making dynasty trades or trading, you don't go all in with Tin Jack in a bad position or something like that. Because uh, you like you run into pocket aces, you might still win with the ten jack, but that doesn't mean it was the right move. I kind of say like think that that might have just happened with me with this stupid three sixty five bet about who gets up first between Churio and Jackson Holiday. <laughs> like I I've been telling you for the last two months since I made that bet, I'm like that wasn't a smart one, but and it might end up being a tie anyways. Both of them could be opening day, but. Yeah, i have gi I lucked out on it. I'll say that. I think it's looking obviously a lot better for me. And I don't think that was because of a good strategy. I think I've just lucked out.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. I always feel like when you're trying to predict call update, it's like damn near impossible, you know, like just with some of these guys, we don't know, you know, and, it's just point proven here. I, yep. I had no. I it was never on really on my radar that, Cheerio could be up opening day. Not that he didn't have the talent to. I just didn't really see that. But, I, I definitely think he's going to be now. Definitely.
0: Wait till next March 24th. Whenever we see the headline come down that Ethan Salas has made the Padres opening day roster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that day's coming probably sooner <laughs> than we think.
0: Okay, well, that's it for now. We're going to get out of here. But before we do, let's at least mention next week we've got Andrew, you and I are finishing up our Rotomaster's draft and hold that we have done every year. Well, in this podcast history, you know, we didn't last year, but, um, and we're going to bring our buddy Chris Winder back on, who always sets this up. And we're going to talk about our teams. And that's the plan the following week. I think I'm planning on trying to get a couple other people from this draft. So the next two weeks, we're going to talk to some people about drafts that they've done and like strategies they've had with everything. But I'm looking forward to it. Chris has always been a great guest and had, I, I don't know, he's entertaining and he brings different, a good, different insight.
1: You think we'll be done by next week?
0: By next week? Yeah, we're on round, what, 40 right now? 39?
1: 39. Yeah,
0: I think we're going to be done. I Yeah, we've been pacing pretty good. I mean, we did 40 rounds in what, 11 days? So How are you
1: feeling about your how you feeling about your team?
0: Um Okay. I know
1: we can get get yeah. more into it next week,
0: but I I I am not like I think but this being my first draft there were lessons I learned to where I'm like, "Man, there's some things I'd do different." I weirdly enough feel like I ignored batting average like i like that's i know that's a very fluky stat like that can swing a lot but i don't i i did not like how i built my my team in term, in that category but i don't know what do you think about yours just real quick before we get out
1: of here oh uh, i'm mostly happy there's a few things i would have done different but i think you can look back on most drafts and and say that so that's fine. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about it. I got some of my targets and kind of just going through some arms now.
0: Well, I'm glad yeah. you said you'd t- do some things different too because that means when we record next week it's not going to be a whole lot of look how great I am by either of us. Uh, <laughs> we'll actually be able to talk about some things we wish we had done differently. Yeah,
1: I I tell you I almost always get through a draft and think i wish i would have done that or i would like i'm never like this is perfect Mm -hmm. you know it's just i'm never probably just too critical of myself for that but
0: so yep we'll talk all about that next week and we'll talk about chris's team too and until then take care everybody
1: yeah take care guys